God bless you. This is Pastor Paul from the Way Family Church. We welcome you to our podcast, Keeping It Real. Uh, we want to invite you to tune into this uh, podcast uh, any chance you get. Every week, we're going to be re uh, putting up new new teachings, new questions, new, new answers. We also want to encourage you to uh, watch us live on Facebook and, and interact there. You can put up questions there as well. So we are going to be doing this, answering your questions. So be thinking uh, of good Bible questions. Maybe there's something that you've, that you've never been able to get answered. Uh, I may not be able to answer it, but we will try our best or point you to someone that can. So just to let you know that, that we have this broadcast and we want you to tune in and let everybody know that we're here. Keeping it real. God bless you. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Paul with the Way Family Church in Medford. It is good to be with you today. Uh, the name of our uh, program is Keeping It Real. And uh, actually, the topic that I've chosen today for the next few moments is uh, something that is along those lines of keeping it real because it may not, may not be all that uh, popular at first, and, but it, 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 uh, you can be the judge of... of uh, of the content and the message, but uh, it's so good to be with you. Uh, the format of this program is that uh, basically we take questions that you might have uh, concerning the scriptures, concerning, uh, you know, uh, the basic idea is that uh, at church you basically hear a sermon and then, uh, or a message, uh, but you're not able to go and ask questions unless it's a sermon that has uh, format where there's questions and answers and usually Sunday's not for that and so uh, that's the format that we want we want to answer your questions or attempt to answer your questions that you have along the topic um, or any other thing uh, I would I don't even have to say as long as it's Bible related because anything in life is Bible related because the Bible covers everything in life the Bible says in Psalms 119, I think it's, uh, I don't remember the verse, uh, but it says, I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So the Bible has something to say about everything. So you can ask a question about anything that you want, as long as it's meaningful to you. Uh, let's begin in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for those that are tuning in, God, and those that will watch this uh, later, bit, late, uh, later on uh, recorded. And so, Father, we just ask, God, that you would just speak, bless, and stir our hearts, God, as we get into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We a quick shout-out to Christina. She says to say hi to Pastor Paul. Hi, Pastor Paul. Hello. Praise God. So glad that you're able to, to watch. Uh, I want to talk uh, uh, for a few moments about spiritual timing and spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is is something that that I've had. I still may have some of it. I'm not even going to let myself off the hook. But it's something that I wanted to talk about because uh, we think that we tend to think that once we're saved, that we might be exempt from pride or if it has anything to do with the Bible or ministry, then we're safe in terms of, of coming under the clutches of, of spiritual pride. You're gonna to have to study that on, on your own because I'm just thinking of a verse right now. The Bible says, knowledge puffeth up. So someone might think, well, you know, I gotta be prideful if I study the Bible. Well, we could be prideful in our knowledge of the scriptures. We'd be prideful in, in what we know. And the way that the, uh, my observation of, of the economy of heaven, the way God works, is, is that God usually gives us knowledge, at least head knowledge, before he gives us the experience. And so a lot of times we have maybe great revelations and great knowledge, but we haven't gone through the experiences to equal out. We haven't gone through any pain in regards uh, to the knowledge. So knowledge without pain, you're in danger of, uh, of falling into the sin of spiritual pride. 
Uh, spiritual pride would be along the lines like if I had uh, a vision uh, or I had a dream uh, and I knew that it was from God. The first thing I do the next day is go text everybody, put it on Facebook of this tremendous vision, this tremendous dream that I had. Chances are it could be a little spiritual pride in it because it's not wise to do that. And you're going to see that uh, once, once we get in uh, into the scriptures. Um, we should always let things settle. If God speaks to us, if God, uh, something happens significantly, earth shattering to us in terms of a spiritual, and I was going to say religious, spiritual encounter, then chances are, even though we might be excited to tell it, we need to ask the Lord and submit it to the Lord. You know, so I, I just through the years, I, I've seen Christians say, well, you know, God showed me this and God showed me that and, and God showed me that this person is into witchcraft and God showed me that this person is this and that person. And you don't even know that person. So you better hope you didn't eat too much pizza that, that motivated you to say that. Second of all, it may not be for everybody to know. Maybe God's showing you, God's showing me so that we could pray not tell everybody so that everybody can know how spiritual we are. So we don't think about it that way, but I want to read some scriptures. That's why I told you, it might be a little, a little uh, uh, stepping on some of our toes, but I'll try to smile and, and uh, let you know that, that I'm the first one that's repenting. I'm the first one that, that has been guilty as charged. Uh, I want to read to you the story of, of Joseph and, and, and probably won't be able to finish this little sec, the, the, all the verses that I have because I only wanted to get a few because I want to leave some time for questions and answers, uh, questions uh, along any topic, not just this topic. But do you remember the story of Joseph? And Joseph had dreams and he had revelations, but in my opinion, he made the mistake of telling people that weren't interested in his dreams. Uh, um, they, they just weren't interested. And it got him in trouble. It says here in Genesis chapter 37, this is the text that I, that I want you to look at. Genesis 37, we'll begin at verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. Now it even tells you his age. So that lets us know that Joseph... And the spirit was young. You know, a lot of times uh, you can be a young Christian and, and extremely anointed, extremely gifted. But if you're a young Christian, if you've only been saved for a few years, or maybe you just, maybe you've been saved for a long time, but you went back to the world and you came back to God and God immediately starts downloading you. Uh, we have to hold our horses and be a little bit careful. He was 17 years old, so he was young, he was immature. Uh, knowledge in, in an immature person can, can be dangerous. It says that he was feeding the flock with his brethren, this is verse 2, and the lad was, was the son of uh, Bila, and with the sons of Ziphah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought up his father their evil report. So Joseph was kind of like a little, for lack of better terms, a uh, little tattletale. And, uh, but yet he was gifted, he was called, he, 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 was, he, was, uh, um, he had great character, uh, but it says that he brought the evil report concerning his brothers, because his brothers weren't, weren't doing right. And then it says this, I'm talking about family dysfunction for a moment. It says, now Joseph, now, now Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children. So there's favoritism in the family because he was a son of his old age and Joseph, uh, Jacob made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than the rest, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So, and then it goes on to say, and Joseph dreamed a dream. Now, though God gave him this dream, and he made the mistake of going to his brothers and telling them about this dream. And then it says, the reason why I say it was a mistake, because it says, and they hated him yet more. Because they were getting, now, now they're getting even more jealous, because now God's downloading revelations, and, and so they hated him more. And then 
he he tells them the dream is you know to to get that little knife in there he said behold we were binding sheaves in the field and lo my sheaf rose up and also stood upright or you know stalks of corn whatever it was produce and behold your sheaves stood round about and bowed down to mine so my my produce was higher and better than yours and yours was lower and bowed down to mine and his brethren said shall you indeed reign over us now it's interesting because joseph indeed was going to be a prince he was going to be second in command in all the earth but here he's only 17 years old god was preparing him for his future and i want to say that 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 some of you all of you have tremendous callings tremendous callings but if we're ahead of time god we have to realize that god is always grooming us we want to think that we're ready right now i'm ready to do this and joseph thought that but he was like i don't know how many years you know uh, a number of years way ahead of time and so but he indeed was was being groomed to be a ruler you might be being groomed to be a prophet to be a prophetess to be a pastor to be an evangelist or a teacher or an author of books or tremendous uh, um, media tv uh, spokesman or maybe a sports figure maybe god is raising you up for that but no we have to because we're talking about spiritual timing and spiritual pride it's very important to know the timing and they said shall you indeed reign over us and he, and and thou shalt indeed are you going to have dominion over us and they hated him yet more for his dreams and for his words and then he went on to dream uh, uh, another dream and he told his father and and his father uh rebukes him but then it then it went on to say though that that his father did listen he he pondered these things in his heart now i want to turn real quickly to do you remember the story of um of sam of samuel and king saul uh king saul was um uh, the first king of israel and i'm just going to i'm going to skip down to to the very end for sake of time but saul king saul had an encounter with the prophet and this prophet prophesied to to saul and gave him a tremendous tremendous word and then uh i mean for instance he said he's telling this to saul the spirit of the lord is going to come upon you and you're going to prophesy and you're going to be turned into another man and then and then you know god he he gives him further instructions um and then uh, Saul prophesied uh and then at the end here the last three verses after Saul had had uh, had this encounter this visitation with with the prophet Samuel he goes back home he goes back to his family and so Saul's uncle the uncle said unto him and to his servants so I'm reading out of 1 Samuel chapter 10 verses 14 through 16 Saul's uncle said unto him and to his servant, "Where did you go?" He wanted to know where he'd went. And he said, "Well, I went to seek the the asses. I went to seek the donkeys. And when we saw that that they uh they were nowhere, we came to Samuel. We were looking for the donkeys, we didn't find the donkeys, so we went to Samuel." And Saul's uncle said, "Tell me, I pray, what did Samuel tell you?" What what did Samuel tell you? And Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the asses or the donkeys were found, but of the matter of the kingdom, Samuel, uh, uh, or, or concerning the kingdom, where Samuel spoke to him, he told him not. I want you to know that in in that scenario, that when his uncle asked him. What what where did you go and you had this and you talked to to the prophet what did he tell you A lot of us would have said I probably would have said you know in, in that circumstance well I went to Samuel and he he came in this tremendous prophecy and he told me I was going to be king and he told me I was going to be anointed and he told me all these things and just just let all this information out But 
Saul didn't, didn't do that. You remember, I think it was even Hezekiah, uh, where uh, he got in trouble. Read this, uh, the story. I think it's, it's Hezekiah or Jehoshaphat, one of the two. I kind of I get them mixed up a little bit. But uh, uh, remember the king, uh, I think it was Hezekiah, the, the king of Babylon came to, to, to bring uh, or, or to see, he sent an ambassador. And uh, what, what Hezekiah ended up doing, he showed him his, the temple and showed him the gold and showed him all this stuff. And Isaiah comes along and says, who are those people that, that, that came? And, oh, they're, f- they're from Babylon. He says, uh, what did you tell them? And so Isaiah was, was concerned that Hezekiah didn't let out any information. And in fact, Hezekiah did spill the beans, as it were. So I simply want to tell you, and we're going to talk about this maybe, maybe some more uh, in the future, spiritual pride and, and spiritual timing is that just because God gives you information like he did to King Saul or like he did to, did to Joseph, Joseph went and told everything and it got him in trouble. By the time at the end, uh, uh, Joseph was groomed and he was mature. Uh, king Saul, or Saul before he became king, he didn't tell his, his uncle anything about what had been revealed. So my, my advice to you and to me would be that when God speaks to you, uh, pray about it. What is it for? Is God revealing this to you so that you can intercede or so that you could, you know, put it on Facebook uh, of, of all these tremendous visions and revelations that, that God has given you? Probably not the wisest thing to do. So in charismatic circles, we just have to be careful that Mary, when she saw that her son was not normal in a good sense, it says that she pondered these things in her heart. She just tucked them away. So the revelations that God has given you, the visions or, or, or even your calling, just tuck it away in your heart. Let God work on your character. Let God show you uh, spiritual timing and, and when to, to release information because there's, there's a timing when, see a lot of time God will give you a revelation. He wants, he'll, he'll want to see what you're going to do with it. And so um, he, he may hold his hand back if we don't respond and, and be good stewards of the manifold wisdom of God. So, so how would you know, how would you know if it's the right timing? Like how, how, how do you think God reveals that to you? I think, I think that one of the, one of the ways that, that we could know that is right timing um, is the fact that we have bathed this encounter, this revelation, this prophecy, this dream, this vision. We've brought it to the Lord in prayer and we've asked God, God, what is this? What are you trying to tell me? Is it for me? Is it for somebody else? Uh, because here, here's part of the thing about vision, visions and revelations. See, a lot of times when God speaks to us, this, this might help answer that question. A lot of times we, we may say, well, God showed me this and God showed me that and God showed me that this person's a false prophet. That, that may be all well, good and fine, but does it give glory to the Lord? If that person is a false prophet and you're calling them a false prophet or if that person is, is, is a Satanist and they're not, that doesn't bring glory, glory to the Lord. But if it does, then, then praise the Lord. But one of the ways to, to be able to, to know when the timing is, is this question is, does this bring glory to God? Is this going to help somebody? And, and a lot of times when it comes, uh, you read Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius sent those men to Peter, you remember that when, when the Lord uh, sent an angel to Cornelius? God was speaking over here with Cornelius. And then over here on the other end, God was prepping Peter up. And so to, to, to answer that question, a lot of times when, when God is prompting you to share something, he's already worked on that person's heart or, or has created a situation in which it will be a convergence and it will be perfect timing. So and you'll it's kind of it. like... God, God's already prepared the way. He doesn't want to let you 
for me, he doesn't want to let you know because he wants you to step out in faith. And then when you step out in faith, usually you'll get that confirmation of, hey, I've already, I've been thinking about this all week. Or kind of what I explained last time is um, that God gave me, uh, he told me to, to give money to somebody. And that somebody returned to me the next day and said, hey, I actually was praying last night to get money to take my kids somewhere and the money came through. Yep. And and so that was a confirmation for me that I heard from God and it was a confirmation from them that they were getting their prayers answered by God. Yep. So it's kind of like a, a twofold kind of it's thing. A two, it, it always works works both, both ways. So we do have a question from Christina. She wanted to know um, about suicide and accidental death. Um, what happens, what, what about accidental death, like a drug overdose by somebody who wasn't living right by God, but they had asked them to be, for him to be in their life before. Right. So can you talk a little about of like, we did a little bit of it last time. Like we kind of, we didn't want to find out. We didn't want to be in that position. Yeah. But um, they're putting me, you're putting me in this position, <laughs> but we're not God. So, yeah. um, go ahead and explain kind of what, what I feel like that would be God's grace. Yeah. Like that type of situation would be a grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot, of, a lot of times people will, will say things like when somebody dies, man, I hope they were right with God. As if to imply, if they weren't right with God, they were going to go to hell. Um, what makes us right with God is the fact that we receive Jesus Christ into our hearts. And if if a person, let's let's say, is is into drugs, and they they're in church and they but then they got this weakness and they fall into sin, they come back, they're struggling. And in their struggle, they die of, of an overdose that my, my personal, I'm not God, but my personal thought behind that is that God is not going to send uh, somebody to hell because they died of an overdose. I would venture to say that the fact that their life was cut short would be judgment enough because now they've been removed out, out of of their ministry and their family and so forth. Uh, I would also say that uh, in terms of, of suicide uh, or mental illness or, or different reasons why people commit commit suicide is that if I had a heart attack and I died, no one would even ask, you know, did he go to heaven? He had a heart attack. Well, a lot of times people commit commit suicide because they're not sick in their heart or in their leg. There's something wrong with their mentality. They're, they're sick, they're mentally ill. So why should someone be punished and sent to hell because he was mentally ill and then as an outcome of that, committed suicide? You wouldn't, you wouldn't question it if I had a heart attack and died. Why do we question if somebody uh, had received the Lord and, and took, took their own life? So um, I, I, I think that, that um, God's judgment falls on maybe somebody that is living in sin uh, and they die in a car accident or, or something happens. Uh, but in terms of them going to hell, um, I, I wouldn't want to be in that position to find out, like I've said before. But my personal uh, thought is that when somebody dies in sin, that, that they, God just takes, takes them home. Yeah. And, and I think that goes along with a lot of the stories in the Bible too. It's like, all the people that God used, David, Moses, uh, Saul, like, they all weren't clean people. Like, David was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. Yep. Saul was a murderer. Like, and it wasn't like in battle or anything. They did stuff on purpose. (laughs) And so, like, if God can use those people and, and when they got taken home with the Lord, nobody's perfect yeah and and for us to be striving i I think that's what god looks at is are we striving are we going in that 
direction to yeah. be like him. Yeah. Christina said thank you. That answered it. Well, good. good. We also have Karina Gomez from Palm Springs. God bless you, Karina. Yeah. So let's get... We, we've been doing segments on Jesus and... Um, I think we should just dedicate this month to Jesus. This, this is all about this, Jesus. It's this all about Jesus. The Instagram. Um, so we'll we'll cover Jesus this month, and then next month we'll go into a different segment, maybe the Holy Spirit or something like that. I think we should cover a few weeks on each subject. So I think a month per month it'll be a, a different subject that we can go in depth for because you never know when stuff's going to come up. Yep. So um, we talked about Jesus's adolescence we talked about uh, a little bit about his ministry and so i think we should talk about his the end of his ministry to the cross and the resurrection okay um actually let's just do the end of his ministry to the cop to the cross and then next week we'll talk about the resurrection because that'll be the final week so his ministry his ministry went on for three years Right. Right. Um, it basically, I was actually watching a documentary. It basically went into um, around Jerusalem and Bethlehem and in, in, in that area. So it wasn't like he didn't go all over the world, but he, he stayed in one area. Um, but he did a lot of stuff. Like he did a lot of miracles. The first recorded miracle that they said was turning water into wine. Yep. Um, so... There was another one that I saw that I kind of had wanted to get your point of view of it is when he, the second, second sort of miracle was when he transcended and became light and was talking to his disciples. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that he actually showed his God, his godliness. Yeah. So give me, give me some insights on that. Well, that was on the mountain of what, what uh, we call the mountain of transfiguration. Um, Luke tells us that that right prior, what was he doing right before that happened? Luke tells us they went up to the mountain and he was praying. And Luke tells us that as he was praying, the, his countenance was, was altered. And um, you could say that he, that he showed, you know, uh, some of his glory. I'm not so sure... Um, that it was his deity that was showing. I like to say it this way, uh, because we gotta keep in mind that Adam and Eve, before they sinned, this whole earth was was covered with the glory of God. I, I, the, the Bible says, there's, in, in, in the book of Numbers, God told um, Moses, he said, God said, as surely as I live, the earth will be covered with the glory of God. Why would he say that? Because when he started off with the earth, it was filled with the glory. And Adam and Eve were so glorified that they didn't even need earthly clothes. Now physically, they didn't have any garments on, but they weren't, they weren't shamed because they, they were covered with, with light. Why am I bringing that up? Because that is the same thing that happened to Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. I don't think he was showing anything different than what Adam and Eve may have looked like before the fall. But I like to think that when Jesus was praying, he was turned inside out. Because not only his clothes, it says his raiment became white. But I don't think it was his, his robe, his physical robe. I think, I think he became clothed uh, with, with, that, with that glory garment. That, that glow. That, that glow. And the thing was, you know, on, on that mountain there, um, his disciples, it says his face shone brighter than the sun. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't look at the sun. I, you know, you got to have those, like if you've ever seen an eclipse, the, the eclipse glasses. you got to put those dark shades on. They couldn't look, they weren't looking at Jesus. They couldn't see him. He was too bright. The only one that was looking at Jesus was the Father, looking down. Light was looking upon light. And he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And so uh, this, that, that is worth some study 
Peter talks about it in his own book. He said, we, we, we saw his glory. We heard the words. But then Peter went on to say, as glorious as that was, that experience, he said, you have a more sure word of prophecy. And he was talking about the scriptures. It's a more sure word than the prophecy. So, um, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I wish we were living in Bible days. Well, uh, excuse me, these are Bible days. It, ha <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't ended yet. These are Bible days. So, so get filled with the glory of God and, and let God use so you. So I, I had a, uh, like I said, I was watching some documentaries and stuff like that um, and some teachings. And a question came up to me through listening to this. It was back in the Garden of Eden when when God had to cover Adam and Eve with, with cloth, right? So the situation was that that was the first time that blood had to be shed mm -hmm. to cover the sin. Mm -hmm. So it also made me kind of think of like that's that's where the thought of Jesus dying on the cross to cover that blood had to be had to be slain so it would cover our sins. Yep. I don't know. It was just funny. I just had to think about that. No, that that that's true. And, and let me say something uh, about that. That I think if you read that story, if you read it in the King James, and then you read it in the New King James, uh, here comes our friend little cat again. <laughs> If you read it, um, it, it says that because they tried to cover themselves with the fig leaves, which is uh, pretty preposterous that they would think that they could do that, uh, but they were still naked. And so God was the one that killed that animal. Now, my suspicion is that what kind of animal what kind of animal was it that clothed them my thought is jesus was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world adam's sin didn't catch god by surprise jesus had already agreed to be the lamb i believe that the animal that god had to kill just like god had to kill the lamb jesus christ that God killed and that animal was actually a lamb. But if you read it in the King James, it says that they were clothed with skins. Now, I, I, I believe I got my translations right. It's one or the other. Skins, but if you read it in, in I think it's the New King James, it says skin. So in one translation, it says God gave them skins. The other translation says God provided them with skin. Why is that important? Because if it was skins, that it, it would imply that God had to kill two lambs to provide a sacrifice, which is not in agreement with the fact that only one lamb needed to be sacrificed. And so that is hinted in the Hebrew that it was just one lamb and God got that skin from that one lamb and covered them. And so the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Like that song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So so was there any, a question for me, is there any other miracles or other things that he hinted? Because I know that he told his disciples throughout his ministry that I'm going to be taken away from you. I'm going to be up in heaven. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What? And they, what gets me is they still didn't believe. Like watching all of the things that happened, hmm. and as soon as he got took, they took off. Yeah. Peter denied him three times. Like, and he was his his main dog. He was his he was his homie. Yeah. Where, why? Like, how how was it that? Even the people on the cross, the two other thieves that were on the cross, one of them believed instantly, like while he was on there. But his disciples were gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. What you is know, with that? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's interesting. In John chapter 10, listen, listen to this. Remember when the Pharisees, the, the, the Pharisees were not Jesus' friend. And I'm going to connect. Okay, so hold on. Before that, what is a Pharisee? 
and what is what's the other one Sadducee Sadducee what is that and what is the difference uh, the, 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 both of them were religious and both, both of them were, um, had become predominantly hateful and very legalistic. Uh, the, the Pharisees were the more conservative of the group and they were just a religious, they were, they were, were they, priests? they, they were in, they were in the word. Um, I'm not sure if all of them were priests, maybe someone else would, would know that, but they, um, uh, they they were a religious segment, and they believed more of the scriptures. You might you might, but remember, hold back on that other question. Okay. okay. So um, you remember when in the book of Acts when Paul had been arrested, and he was talking to the crowd, and it said that when Paul perceived that one part was the Pharisees and the other part were Sadducees. Uh, so that kind of lets me know that the fair, that Paul wasn't a priest, but he was a Pharisee. So that meant that you could be a Pharisee, didn't necessarily have to be a priest. Um, but Paul was a Pharisee himself. So, and then we see also in the book of Acts that it says in, what chapter was that? It's in Acts chapter four. It says many of, and on this one it says many of the, I think it says priests or Pharisees, one of the two, check it out yourself started to believe in Jesus. But the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, they believed in spirits, they believed in angels, and the Sadducees, they were very liberal and they took the supernatural. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead, they didn't believe in angels. Um, and so, in the book of Acts, if, 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 if you read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus' enemies were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But when you get over in the book of Acts, the Pharisees are less Jesus' enemies because they started coming to the faith. As a matter of fact, they started getting saved. But the Sadducees, it's not recorded that, that they, as a group, had any spiritual movement at all. Yeah, they, that, those two names just always confuse me. Of like, Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm like, why can't they just say, like, I don't know, if they were priests, then priests. But I guess not... Like you said, not all priests are, are Sadducees or Pharisees, but yeah. So what were, what did you ask me a moment ago? Uh, <laughs> you told me to put a pin in it, and I forgot about it. Uh, oh, so what other miracles and and kind of hints did Jesus? Oh, give why didn't why didn't disciples they? Okay, or or just anybody, right? Like, like obviously, he talked about going home to heaven and going, and this is why I'm here, and. Yeah. and stuff like that like give me a little insight on that the insight on that 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 i have is because i used to look at that myself man why come these guys don't get it until i realized i was the same way god talks to me every day and i'm going duh you know it's like <laughs> it's the same thing we can see it because we we know the story but i don't know my story so um, to give you a case in point in john chapter 10 Jesus had told him, I am the Messiah, I am he, just like, just like you said. And, and, but the Pharisees, they had the nerve to say, just tell us plainly who you are. And you know what Jesus said in John 10? He said, I've already told you, and you didn't believe. Is that why sometimes he used parables? Because it was easier for people to digest those those stories other than because a lot of people when he said who he was or he they heard who he was they still didn't believe but he talked in parables and he talked in stories because everybody likes a story yeah like people will will go to the movies and pay nine dollars a ticket to watch a movie that they already know what's going to happen yeah. They, they know that the good guy wins, he gets the girl, everybody lives, the bad guy dies or goes to jail, but they'll pay money to listen to a story. Mm -hmm. So is, is that why he talked in parables? Well, one, believe it or not, it, it, I think, A, Jesus wanted to speak the language of the people. So if they're farmers, he spoke farmer language. If they're fishers, he spoke fish. They could understand that. But if you read the scriptures, and um, uh, I'm not going to take the time, but you, you, you can go to Mark chapter 4, Matthew chapter 13, and, and a few other places. Um, there, there's one in, in John uh, 13. And then at, at the end of the book of Acts, 
It said that Jesus spoke to them in parables so that they couldn't understand. In other words, what Jesus did was he, he told parables because he said, you're not understanding what I'm telling you in plain English, so I'm going to put it in code. If you're, going, if you're not interested enough to unscramble the parable, then why should I give you just the simple plain truth? So actually, parables were, were given um, because they, their eyes were blinded, they had made a choice, and uh, they couldn't hear. And so he, 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 in a sense, made it even more difficult for them. So it's almost the opposite. But I think at the same time, Jesus spoke their language, uh, just like in the book of Acts. Everybody marveled because they heard the, the, uh, the, the oneness of God being spoken in their own language. So he spoke the language of the culture. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th I think, too, that it also, especially in the Bible, it also makes it that living document it always changes like you can hear a story several times but always pick up something new yeah and I think that's a, a maybe a good reason why they did it they put it in that code is because you don't know what kind of day you're gonna have mm -hmm. so when you're when you're having a bad day and you hear a message that you might have heard numerous times and it's always different mm -hmm. um, I think that I, I think that's why they did it too is just because it, it can keep it alive yep so um on the way to the cross so he got arrested in the garden of gethsemane correct yes um his disciples were not happy about it even though they told him or he told them that it, it it's about time mm -hmm. um in the garden and especially in that that famous part uh where he's praying and he's talking to god and he asks god if this cup can pass me let it pass me but my, not my will thy will mm -hmm. so give me a little insight in what you think his feelings when he asked that because like I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, he knew what he was what he was in for, mm -hmm. but did he know the extent that he was going to have to to go through? Well, I I, th I think that um, he he knew what he came to do, but the thought of being separated from the Father, he asked in his humanity that, that that actually was the first time that Jesus and the father were that's the closest they didn't split or come in disagreement but that was the closest they ever came because words came out of Jesus's mouth that were not the will of the father he said if it be possible let this cup pass from me uh, but then, before the sentence was over, he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So do you think that he was more, and as you're talking, it kind of reveals to me, that he was more worried about not being in connection with the Father other than being fearful of dying? Yeah, he, he definitely wasn't, wasn't fear, fearful of dying. Um, because he had, Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, nobody can kill me. The living translation says, nobody can kill me unless it's with my consent. So he, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, afraid of that. But I think it's a twofold thing. I think number one, separation from the Father. You got to keep in mind, if you read like Proverbs chapter 8, John 1, 1, in the beginning, Jesus or Christ, the Son, he was and is God. They had always been in perfect unity. You know, one of the things that makes hell, hell, it's not just the fire or the darkness or whatever. It's the utter separateness. It is a place that, that is totally void of God. Well, I think too that that kind of leads into nowadays and, and or these days, um, kind of where 
possibly like depression is and anxiety and there's a lot of people that say they're in a living hell Mm -hmm. because jesus isn't there it's not the focal point of and there's some people that are like striving to be a, a christian or striving to keep connected with god and the devil's in there trying to to throw in depression and, and stuff like that because he knows that divide between us and the Lord mm-hmm. causes that hellishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jesus, you know, on, on that cross, that separation from the Father, but then also by virtue of the fact he was going to take on the embodiment of sin. Second Corinthians, and we have no, we have no, we have no way to 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 uh, understand that because we really don't know the fullness of sin. But Jesus was going to become sin. It says in Second Corinthians five twenty one, um, He who knew no sin was made to be sin. And I think that that's the other part, not just the separation from the Father, which is what sin does, but He was going to be sin and I think too um, that Jesus had to feel what we feel to be a good example Mm -hmm. and it kind of reminds me of when Jesus was on the cross and he looked up and said "Um, why have you turned against turned away from me right so I think that right there was the point, the lowest point of Jesus, like in his hu- humility and his being human, is that that's when he felt, and that's probably what he was asking if the cup can pass me, was that moment in time. He knew that was going to happen because he knew that God cannot look on sin. Yeah. That's why he came. That's yeah. why he died. That's why his blood and kind of actually was when uh, when we were doing starting at the way classes that one of the questions is why did he have to bleed and my my response was because the blood had to drip over as a filter for god to be able to see through jesus which is his blood that covers us mm-hmm. and so that that kind of reminds me of that point in in time on the cross of where he was that's where he felt depression. That's where he felt anxiety. Yep. That's where he felt every horrible emotion that a human can feel. Exactly. That's when he felt it. I want to read a verse that um, that kind of goes along with that. It's in Hebrews four eleven, or or Hebrews four fourteen uh, and fifteen. It says, "Seeing then that we have a great high priest." That is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So Jesus has felt our infirmities, but then it goes on to say, but was in all points tempted like us. He felt everything that you have ever felt. Every pain, every loneliness, every human emotion, every temptation, Jesus went through it and he he overcome that. So I want to conclude this today by saying that God knows your sorrows, not just as a spectator, but his son knows because he became us. He was tempted, he suffered, He was separated from the Father, like we were talking about. God forsook him. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? He knows what it is to be abandoned. He knows what it is to be depressed. He knows what it is to to risk your life, because he was even tempted to throw himself down from the temple so that angels would come. He could have taken his life in his own hands in so many ways, but he refused to alienate himself from the Father. And so it's my prayer uh, this afternoon that that you and I will, will take a, a fresh look at Jesus' life, uh, particularly um, the, the last three years, um, and particularly the last week. 
and you read John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, that those, those are the last days, um, the last evening of his life. And so there's some very intimate conversation in there. And Jesus uh, died and he took our place. He became what we were. He inherited what we deserved so that we can now become as he is and inherit all that he is. So you are linked up to God through Jesus Christ. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. And I just want to encourage you to be an encouragement to other people. And, and when you go to the store, when you go to the gas station, just kind of keep your eyes open. Maybe God might lead you to somebody and you just open up a conversation. You don't have to tell them anything spiritual, but just make yourself known to them. There's, there's people all around us that need, that need God. And so we'll, we'll be back again next week at, at, at the same time on the same channel. And, uh, so uh, I was supposed to remind him. Is that is that anything else? Um, we have a podcast of this coming up. Uh, we're going to be on Anchor. We're going to be on Spotify. We're going to be on pretty much everywhere where you can get podcasts. So you can listen to this anytime you want. You can listen to it while you're driving, in the car, gym, all that kind of good stuff. So we will be posting that um, very soon. Uh, Praise we the Lord. Are going to be doing this segment so we have one more week of jesus so if you have any questions drop them below uh we will answer them next week uh yeah so you can always hit us up we're on facebook instagram facebook and instagram and all the the podcast stations will be will be there so definitely tune in and drop your questions below so we can get them answered like I said, we have one more week about Jesus, and then we'll move on to a different seg segment that we'll discuss in our next broadcast. All righty, so we love you, and let's conclude in prayer, okay? Father, I pray for every person, God, that watched this or will be watching. I pray angelic ministry be released to them, protection. Those that need healing, heal them. Touch them by your power. Those that need uh, a, a breakthrough in their mind or a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of suicide, we rebuke that off of them in Jesus' name. Be free, be healed, be blessed. You are blessed. You are a son of God and a daughter of God and your best days are ahead of you in Jesus' name. So we love you and we'll see you next time. God bless you.